entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Turn the music up, turn me down. Google. Let's go get him again. This time is for the money, my nigga. Brooklyn, stand up. Never been a nigga this good for this long, this hood. Ooh, for this pop is hot, for this strong, with so many <laughs> different flows. This one's for this song. The next Ooh, one I switch up. This one will get rid up. These fucks are too lazy to make Yo. up shit. They crazy, they don't. Look what the sage make a bitch do. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think of certain things and shit. And like what I what, what I was watching and shit last night. And then I wake up and shit. And niggas are sending me videos and all this weird shit. Yo, your man James Harden out there in the club with niggas and shit. Your man James Harden out here at the club, bottle service, ace of spades. Da, da, da. They just got cracked by 30. And I'm like, y'all worry about the wrong stuff. That's what that man do. Now, you know, everybody can't be Allen Iverson and just like go do whatever, come out, get 40, go back and do it again. Like, it's a different type of guard in Philly. Like, that's not, you know, that's irrelevant, I feel like, in this conversation that we probably going to have to have. Because I'm watching this, Joe, and I'm like, yo. Then you called me, and I'm like, I ain't even finna answer because I don't even know what is going on. <laughs> Do you know what's going on? I think I got a little bit of an idea, but, like, I just, I just don't know, yo. I mean, bro, your guess is better than mine, bro. I just, I'm at work watching the game and I'm just, I'm just in awe because I didn't expect it to go like that. Like, I didn't expect to just all out, all right win. Like, I didn't expect that, but I didn't expect it to go like that. And like, for me personally, it was wildly disrespectful for the team to come out and play like that. Like, it was very clear how big of a game this was. And the only person that I have, like, little to say about throughout that game was Joel Embiid. Because he did as much as he could. He didn't play well either, but he did as much as he could. But I will say that the whole team collectively just wasn't, they couldn't shoot, you know, off night. Understandable. This is their fifth game together. The, the run was going to end at some point, right? But you just didn't expect the run to end like this. See, like, like the game looked like, so like, you know, growing up, it's a, it's a few things that you care about more than anything in high school sports. I mean, you don't like midway through a season. Uh, we got track meet, uh, whatever. Who's in my heat? Uh, I ain't really worried about it. Like, if I win, I win. I feel like I'm gonna win. I got confidence. I'm gonna win. All right, cool. 
oh, we got Shellingham this week. I mean, we win, we win, we lose this, whatever. Oh, Norristown in this heat? Say less. Oh, is P-Dub on this schedule? Say less. You don't need no extra motivation when you know you're going to go against somebody that do something to you, some shit that matters to you. This game, Sixers-Nets, it's not just because the game, the, the, the cities is close and you can jump on a train or the mega bus and go watch the game. It's not that. That's not the point that we finna discuss. You push your way out of Brooklyn. In turn, Philly sent someone who wanted to get the fuck out of the city. So just off of that strength, y'all are two premier players in the NBA. You now have created a unique rivalry where every time I see you, it should be on site. Doc Rivers, you fairly new to this situation. All right, cool. Joel Embiid has the motivation to play because he knows what's at stake. He knows this is not a regular game. This is the rivalry game at high school times a thousand because it's a, it's not the local media there. It's the TNT cameras and the national broadcast. I, I, I don't understand how you come out and treat this joint like it's just another game. Like James Harden, you forced your way out of Brooklyn. So every time you see Brooklyn, it should be on site. You should have a little bit more that night. Shaquille O'Neal, when he left the Lakers, I'm sure every time he's seen them niggas on the schedule, circle it, circle it, circle it. I'm going to give them extra that night. That's just the nature of an athlete. So for him to come out and be so nonchalant, boot bapping and shit, like damn what he did after the game. You are the key cog in why this game is the biggest game in the NBA season. You came out nonchalant. Joel came out on fire. Kyrie came out on fire. KD came out on fire. Seth Curry came out on fire. The only two people who was in that bitch chilling like it's just regular is Doc, James Harden, and the rest of the Sixers not named Joel. And I just don't understand how that is possible. If there was ever a game that you need to get up for, it's the game that feels like a game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals in the regular season. That's what that was. That's what it felt like. And them niggas lost going away. Nah, yo. It was one of those situations where, like, you go into a game thinking it's going to be one thing and it turns out to be another. Like, I just felt like Harden went into it like, yeah, you know, they still my guys. We still cool. Like, you know, just, you know, I had to move on. It is what it is. And like, it wasn't that. Like, they was on his head. Like, <clears throat> it was like, you know how you and your man go through something and it's like, you know, all right, you know, we move past it. It's whatever. And like, you think shit's cool. But then you get in a situation and it's not how it used to be. They on your head. They they trying to fight you and you looking at them like, I thought we was cool. And they now you all They pulling out the personal jab when everyone else making the regular jokes. Yeah, now you, now you like, why why bro, he, you doing that? Bro, you, you're the only person to know about that story. Why you, why you putting that on the table? 
So that's what I'm saying. That I, I just felt like Harden was like, whoa, like I didn't know y'all was going to come at me like this. So then he had to like try and ramp up his play during the game. And it, he wasn't able to do it. Like he made Kyrie Irving look like the glove last night. Like, uh, oh, was that Kawhi Leonard out there, yo? I don't know. But I was honestly confused because I've never seen Kyrie play no defense like that and have it be effective. He he denying the switch. He, he is active. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He is he was actively denying the switch, and then James Harden passed the ball. That's what threw me for a loop. He watched Kyrie Irving deny the switch. And then he passed the ball to George Niang. When has ever when has anybody ever passed up an opportunity to cook Kyrie Irving? Because it's everybody does it. It's not like he's a premier defender. He, it's not his thing. When has anybody who's an elite scorer passed up the opportunity to score on Kyrie Irving? Nobody has. Jason Tatum did a few nights ago. So it's just like. I was just honestly confused on how that whole thing went down. I was honestly confused on why he went into the game like that. And I, it was very clear that he was caught off guard by the pressure that, that came with the game. I don't know. Like, I'm not even upset at how the end of – I'm not upset at how the game ended. You know what I mean? I'm not upset at the outcome. No, yeah. Not said that they lost by a bunch or if they would have won by a bunch, like that's irrelevant. Like I'm more concerned about like how to unfold how the players were playing. And like James Harden has this tendency to come up kind of weird, kind of small, kind of missing in quote unquote big games. Now, some people like to use that narrative a lot, like. You know, he played against the Warriors once upon a time. He was averaging 34, 79, 44% shooting, like doing his thing thing, like the thing thing thing. They lost the series. All right. I ain't going to say he didn't show up because the numbers say he did. But even within those numbers, like there's a level of factuality to what that statement is because he has the bad shooting nights. It looks like he's searching for fouls instead of searching for buckets. And like, he came out with the personality of the head coach. And to me, the team wasn't ready to play. Now, granted, these guys shouldn't need much motivation given the circumstances of that game. But if you're a coach and you peep that the, the tension in the locker room ain't even there, you can't touch, you know, you can cut the tension in the room with, with a butter knife. I, where was it? It was either no butter knife or no tension. And either way, the coach is supposed to have to create something, create some type of adversity. Put on the whiteboard, Kyrie Irving said, y'all niggas can, you know what I mean? Something. Ben Simmons said, Joel, you ass. Ben Simmons said, James Harden, you can't do something. Because for them to come out flat and treat this like it was the fucking Hornets is concerning to me because now I'm looking at how the game is being operated. Who's calling what? How the game flow was going. I walk, I'm, you see Kyrie Irving walk out there, his first three shots made the net do some bobble shit. They was, the net was going all over the place. KD shots wasn't hitting nothing. Seth Curry shots wasn't hitting nothing. And then I'm watching Tyrese Maxey guarding Seth Curry. 
Seth Curry coming off that joint mid-range pump fake. He he raised his eyebrows up Tyrese Max. He's trying to touch the Allen Iverson jersey in the rafters. What are you jumping for? Right there, coach, timeout. Yo, have your fucking principles defensively, yo. What are you doing? I'm going to coach you up in this moment. None of that happened. There was no, yo, let's call a timeout. I'm tired of watching this offense be stagnant and just see a two-man game with Harden and Embiid or Embiid welcoming a double. And the swing, swing happens, and then Tobias Harris, you don't want to shoot the ball. You're getting the ball. Your feet aren't ready. You're not ready to catch an attack. You're not even ready to catch a triple threat. You're simply catching the ball. I can do that from the fucking sideline. <laughs> so now I'm confused at what the what the philosophy from the coaching level was because the players are going to play. Ultimately, they affect the outcome more than the scheme and the coaching. But if you're not hammering down certain things in practice leading up to big games, you're going to come out flat and ill-prepared. You can come out flat and ramp it up, but if you're ill-prepared for the moment, someone's not prepping you for what you need to be prepped on. So I'm looking at Doc like, yo, what's up, Doc? Like, Mr. Rabbit shit, what the fuck is up, Doc? Because I'm confused. No, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, you're not wrong. You haven't lied in the last minute or so. Like, Doc, what are you doing? Like, my thing is, like, what was his philosophy for Tyrese Maxey in that game? I, I would love to know. Like, I get that he's a second-year player, but he hasn't played like a second-year player all year. So, sorry, but I'm not giving him that excuse. There's no reason why he is not a focal point in the offense. He's been our third star since James, Harden, since James Harden's got here. So I'm honestly confused on why we came out and weren't running sets for, for Tyrese Maxey. That was confusing. That was puzzling. Clearly, James Harden didn't have it. So where was the adjustment of saying, okay, well, he doesn't have it. I've got my young point guard who's an elite player. Why not try and get him going? Because we know it's not going to be Tobias. We know that. That's not – that's clearly – he's the fourth option on this team. That's what – Which is a problem. It is, but I mean, if Tyrese Maxey is gonna is gonna average twenty four or twenty five points a game, then so be it. Be the fourth option. Okay, fine. Play your role. As long as you got a role, play it. That's all I'm saying. But the issue is that there were no adjustments made. We came out in the second half, and we're still running high pick and rolls with with no with no with no movement on the backside. Nothing. Nothing changed. It was the same thing and i don't know if doc was just rolling the ball out there and saying guys figure it out and seeing what they were i don't know if it was a test i don't know what it was but it was problematic i just i just don't understand any of it because you're not wrong at all Tyrese Maxey has been flourishing since James Harden got there to the point that like their trio over over that small span has some incredible net rating and all those numbers that the analytics nerds and shit salivate over. All right, cool. Maybe there is some substance behind what we're seeing. However, I recall us having multiple conversations about this guy. And I'm like, man, I think he's going to be cool. Like, 
if there was ever a guy to unlock Tobias Harris, it's the guy who already unlocked him. Doc Rivers, you, you, you're the one coach who finds the best out of that guy. So one would think you know how to push that man's buttons to get him out of the rut that he's in. But another part of that on, 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 from the personal level is like the basketball portion of it. Like run something for him. Or if you're not going to run something for him and you're going to play this two-man game and you're going to have certain players in certain positions on the floor while you're running this two-man game, whether it's middle of the floor, left side or right side of the floor, wherever the case may be, Tobias Harris cannot be the opposite man. He cannot be the skip man. What is he? Why is he being the skip man in the corner if he's not going to be the catch and shoot three point threat that you once had him in at one point in time with the Clippers? Because then you found out, oh, I can have him be the outlet man of the two man game. He can catch and attack. He can catch and go. He can catch, go and wait. He can catch, go and swing. He can catch and do whatever the fuck he wants because he has an advantageous matchup coming off of the weak side with his size, his touch, and his overall game. He should win his matchup every fucking night because now he's not seeing the first best defender of a team. He's not seeing the second best defender of the team. He might not even be seeing the third best defender on a team. So that leads me to believe that you, Doc Rivers, are not getting this guy where he needs to fucking be. Because like you said, it's perfect if he's going to be the fourth option. But you can't be a guy who was once averaging almost a dub plus to being a guy who's averaging almost 12. Because if that's the case and Tyrese Maxey is going to average 20-ish or 18-ish, you still have the capabilities given your matchups and how we're philosophy, how the philosophy of this whole thing is going to go. You're supposed to at least get 18, 16 a game. You can do that. James Harden's getting 16 assists, 14 assists, 12 assists. And you're coming out of the game. Box score says you got eight points, six points, two threes in a lay. How? How? And then, on a, and, and then conversely, you're watching the Nets roll the ball out here and just play read and react hoop. KD, go do your thing. Set a, Yo, y'all set a couple screens, get them open, play off of that. And that's running up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Doc Rivers is like, well, we're going to go big still. Huh? You're either going to have to go big and run offense or match lineup with lineup and turn it into a track meet because you all of a sudden, like, that's where Tyrese Maxey is best at, flourishing in an open court. I'm confused why you didn't do anything differently. But I think what Doc's philosophy is, I thought, I mean, because I think I, I, I saw this, I saw this happen when we played Cleveland. Cleveland got up big on us. Uh, they played us very well and we couldn't stop Garland at all. But the way we got back into the game is we got to the foul line and slowed the game down. I guess he assumed that like Embiid was going to continue to get like, I guess, 30 attempts at the free throw line in order to, you know, slow down the game. But, like, even Embiid getting all those foul shots in the first half, it didn't slow down the game enough. Like, 
KD and Kyrie were like the like they had the pace at a different level. Like they sped the Sixers up, and I don't know why. Like like that like that's also how I I, I was just confused on how Tyrese Maxey wasn't successful. You know what I mean? Because like you saw that they were trying to play a fast paced game and you were still trying to like slow the ball down and like that wasn't working. So that like, I I just didn't get how he was like, all right, well, like if that's not working, then we's going to like try we going to like, can we at least try to outrun them or something? Like, I don't know, like try to do something. Like it was just frustrating seeing the same thing for four quarters. I think that was the most frustrating thing for me is that I just didn't see anything change. It was the same constant offense and it seemed like he didn't care. And like, this is not just on Doc either because Sam Cassell, what were you doing? Were you like just coddling James Harden and telling him, yeah, man, it's going to be all right. You know, we just got to, you know, figure this thing, you know, we'll, we'll be in film tomorrow. We'll figure it out. Like Dave Yeager, what were you doing? Like what, like what, what were, what were the assistant coaches? Like, were they in Doc's ear? Were they helping him? Were they giving him any advice? Were they telling him any adjustments that they thought should have been made? Like, I'm confused. What, why are you guys there? Y'all not just, y'all not there for show. It, I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it, it confuses me because like you said, with the Cavs game, slowing the game down, going to the line. Yeah, that'll slow the game down for sure. But what that does, and like, we, we've seen this. We've seen this. We saw it with Shaquille O'Neal, with the Hackershack. That was implemented to try to showcase the lack of accuracy from a free throw line for a guy like Shaq. But what that did a lot of times for the Lakers back in the day was it also compromised the offense a little bit because the game, it halts the flow of the game. So once that happens, once you play that card, if we're playing spades and I throw the baby joker, matter of fact, fuck it, I throw the deuce. Me and you playing, I throw the deuce. I look at homie, beat it. That nigga throw the baby. I look at you and I know you got the big joker. I'm good. Because now my philosophy, I force his hand knowing that you're going to cover my bases. Boom, we win the book. But what happens now is we saw it with Ben Simmons when it was a hack of Ben. Yeah, it slowed the game down, but it had a double, it was a double-edged sword because now the Sixers offense at that point in time with the hack of Ben came to a halt as well. Now, back then, the question was, well, who's going to initiate the offense there? Because Ben Simmons isn't shooting. His mental isn't right now. Now he's in his head about his shots. Fast forward to now, there is no hack of Ben. It just happened to be Embiid's parade into the free throw line. Cool, cool. We're going to take the same philosophy against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cool, cool, cool. But the problem is, that's not Darius Garland over there. That's Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You're trading your two points for three. You're trading your two points for wide open, demoralizing shots. So you as a coach, you have to go, all right, we're going to capitalize on Embiid not being a guardable person because it's clear he's not. But we're also going to have to hammer home in every break and every timeout and every dead ball situation, execute. 
execute. I don't care if you're saying the same word every five seconds. You have to hammer in to the fact that we have to function highly in the half court because we're not getting out into the running game. We're not fast breaking up and down. We're not getting secondary offense right now. Tyrese Maxey isn't getting the getting the back tap. Nova still Harden's throwing it up for the dunk. We're not getting those. We're not getting. We're not. We didn't see Matisse Thybul get one backdoor action. How? We just had double figures off of that. I think it's because the Nets were not like we had no succession on any pick and roll. Like. We had none. We weren't creating any, like, they were suffocating. Like, Joel Embiid could not do anything, couldn't move, had two people around him at all times. James Harden had two people around him at all times. It was, it was nauseating. Like, the, the, the amount of, like, spacing that we had was atrocious. Like, I saw Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris within two feet of each other on several occasions. On several occasions. And like, I just don't understand why that's happening. I just felt like it made it so easy for Brooklyn to guard that. It's it's just like, oh, well, I can hope now. Don't have to worry, don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about coming out all the way over here to, to this side. I can help on Joel and B and James Harden at the same time. Then they get in the turnover. Steph Curry's leaking out for lays, like Bruce Brown leaking out for dunks. It, it was, it was, it 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 was bad. It, the the spacing last night was. I think that was the main issue. I can't agree more. Even though you took a line from me, but it's fine. This is a safe space lives but we're going to build on that we're building we're going to build on that because there was one play in particular and it actually ended up in the made basket but it 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 just shines the light on what you're talking about with the with the whole the swarming defense and the lack of space because there was a play James Harden comes down pick and roll He's stringing it out, gets into the lane, misses, B tips it, it misses, gets the rebound. So now Harden is bottom of the baseline. Mm-hmm. He has the rock. You know what I mean? And this is right off of a big shot from Kevin Durant, of course. So Harden's sitting in that joint. He's looking around. He's now in the mid post. So now, the offense can kind of fill around them. You know, you have the, the shooters on the wings around the three-point line. You let him keep the space, keep the integrity of the, of the offense, keep the floor balance. So then he has to dribble because his pivot's weird. Mm-hmm. As he's dribbling, the Nets are like, trap him. Fuck it. Trap him. It's just him there. So now you got the defender in the corner of the, of the, of the out-of-bounds plus two guys. And I'm sure you remember the play because Harden mm. ends up. The announcer, oh my God, look at this swarming defense on James Harden. Harden's holding this. Da, 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 da. So he holds it, he holds it, he holds it. He swings it. So guess who? Tyrese Maxey gets it. Oh, Lord. Swings it real quick. Ah. 
Tobias Harris catches the ball. Late shot clock now, which is another thing. A lot of the Sixers offense, you don't shoot, sidebar, you don't shoot 23% in a game by accident. That's bad offensive execution because that leads me to believe a lot of your shots are like what I'm discussing right now, which are late shot clock hero threes or attempts, period. Now, luckily, Tobias Harris nutass makes the three. Cool. But even when he caught that, John, he didn't just catch and shoot. Catch one dribble, had to make a step back. Because niggas is thinking, all right, he got two seconds left. He ain't finna just shoot it with one. He shot it, made it cool. But there's no spacing there. Even in a broken play situation, the spacing was weird. Because to Tobias Harris's left, at that point in time, was a sixer. I'm not even going to name him. It's fine. But in order to shoot 23% from a game, yo, we all know there's a thing as good shots and bad shots. There's some players like Kyrie Irving who takes at times bad shots and they go in. Late shot clock threes to beat the shot, to, to beat the shot clock. Oh, everyone loves them. But in reality, that's bad offense if you don't have the players that can make those shots. Mm-hmm. And if James Harden is getting the ball reversed to him, with four seconds left on the shot clock with a set defense in front of them, you're not going to get a high percentage attempt. And that's what happens a lot last night. And I just don't understand how you have a 24 second shot clock. You're running good. If you're running good offense, you're going to get a decent shot. You're not always going to get a clean look. It's not, it's the NBA, but to have so many late shot clock attempts, it's bad offense. 23% is bad offense. It, yeah, it's a bad shooting night, but you don't have a bad shooting night on wide open attempts. It's not a thing. You're a pro. Even when the Rockets missed 27 straight threes, some of them are wide open shots. Yeah, those things happen. But the majority of those things were bad late shot clock threes. That's bad offense then. This is bad offense we saw last night. And a constant one is James Harden, which is a little bit concerning. But two, the philosophy of you not finding a way to operate offense and make adjustments as a coaching staff, it's a problem, man. It's a problem. (laughs) And I tell you what, if the Sixers were to play the Nets in the first round, what leads me to believe after what we've seen over the course of the season and what we saw last night, that they're not going to lose in five games. Gentlemen sweep Ben Simmons is having a fuck. He's going to have a field day on social media if that's what he wanted to do. And that's going to be the most disgusting thing ever, and that's going to force Daryl Morey to have to clean house, go get some shooters and some coaches in here because that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. I think that was the, like that was the worst part, man. It's like these guys – Bar nothing, bro. It's just like Ben Simmons, his first time back in the Wells Fargo Center since he returned to uh, he returned to the team uh, earlier in the year. And he didn't even come out onto the floor. He was he was back in the locker room. So, like, this is the first time the fans have saw Ben Simmons in person. And for y'all to come out like that. That was a slap in the face to the fans. Like the people that like the people that that ran out the first day James Harden got traded to the to the Sixers and bought up all his jerseys. The fans that was coming out and supporting this team when Ben Simmons wasn't even here. 
the, the, the same fans that's talking about Joel Embiid is the best player in the league right now. And it, it, it should be the MVP of the league. Like those fans, the fans that, that went to, to the Brooklyn Nets hotel and told Ben Simmons he's ass and that he's turkey. Yeah, those fans deserved more than that, man. Like they deserved way more than that because there's no way they should have came out and played a game like that. That was disrespectful. And now I feel like James Harden owes us. That's how I feel. Oh shit. <laughs> owes you what? A good he game. He owes me. He owes me a good game. He owes me. Like when we see them again, bro, he better have a great night. I don't I, no good night. No, oh, he did this. No, I need a great night, bro. Cause you, 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 you made us look crazy out here, bro. Like, it's like. It was, it was like, you know, we piping up our new girl to our man, like, yeah, man, she really, and then she come in with her hair not done and too much match socks. Like, what? Like, why are you, how you, this is the first time I'm bringing you around my homies and you're not even carrying it correctly. Like, that's how I felt. Like, not even that. That's like you telling all your homies, yo, I got this new baddie, yo. She tough. She funny. She's smart. And then she come in and damn, she do look tough. But she telling dad jokes and they not hitting. <laughs> and damn, maybe she is smart. And then she asking you, how come Red Lobster don't have a pickup window? Asking dumb shit. <laughs> Saying dumb shit. Saying shit that's like, what you even, huh? Oh, you can't eat apples when, when you put them in hand sanitizer? Why not? <laughs> Wait, what? Sure, that's not smart. Now I'm questioning everything. Now, now I'm questioning everything. Now your home is looking at you like, cuz. What type of time you are? What type of time is you on? Cuz you shouldn't, you don't even need to be around that. Well, it's you gotta reevaluate. Just, you just don't do that like. I've been bamboozled, hoodwinked, led astray. I'm expecting you as James Harden to come out there, lit the fuck up. Ooh, mama, pop, mama made pizza rolls me. That joint. You out that joint like, ah, lottie lottie, we like the party. You know, I'm, I'm just around. His mom was at the game too, so now I'm really confused. Like, you ain't have no motivation. Like, how your mom at the game sitting courtside and you... That's the type of performance you put out with your mama in the stands? Maybe mama had his unders. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but I, I just, I'm just so like, I said, mama, mama. <laughs> I'm like, like, I'm just distraught because it's not that like, like, again, I don't care about the win or the loss. Yeah, like but if we, effort, like, the effort wasn't there. Like, that's what I'm okay. saying. If the Sixers lost the same game that they lost with Kevin Durant having 37 and Kyrie having 30 and it, the game got away late, got away midway through the third and the fourth was just like, ah, call it quits. All right, cool. But you down damn near a dub at the first, 28 almost at the, at the half. It's like... <laughs> Y'all was y'all only played eight minutes of real hoops. The rest of that joint was simulate to end. 
Wait, 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 wait. Preserved with baby in them. What? Literally. But here's the kicker. Y'all let Seth Curry score 25 points on you. But nobody ever thought to like, yeah, like let's get James Harden on a uh, uh, on a switch with Seth Curry. The same shit that the Hawks were doing to y'all in the playoffs. But that's not, but that's that, that never crossed your mind. That never crossed your mind to, you know what? You know, I've had this guy on my roster. I know his liabilities. Let's explore them. (laughs) Wait, you mean a coach would actually do some shit like that and go and watch old film and see how niggas attack certain players and then implemented that into their offensive adjustments and attacks. Uh, you mean what, like, uh, what, what, what Steve Nash did? Cause it was very clear that he, he knew exactly what he needed to do and he did it. And, uh, they won the fucking game by 30, 29, but 30 we're rounding it, up. It, it, it just shocks me. It just shocks me that like there's a way where I'm living in a world where coaches aren't doing their due diligence. If I was a coach who got a supreme talent sent to my team with another supreme talent, I would find a way to implement an offensive attack and philosophy that allows both of them to be successful while also shining light on the other assets of my five. I would go and look at all of James Harden's best months because they had that opportunity, not games, best months from when he was with Houston. And I would see what sets were they running when he was getting 30 for 32 games straight. When he was coming into Philly as a rocket, getting 50-point triple doubles. I would find those philosophies and those sets, and I would tinker them a little bit, and I would add them in because there's still a center from Houston that was coming off the pick and roll with James Harden and being successful at the rim in the middle of the in the middle of the lane. During roles. It just so happens that that nigga was Clint Capella, and now you have Joel Embiid, the most skilled center to maybe ever play. So you mean to tell me you can't find a way to make that Rockets offense in some form or fashion work a little bit in Philly? You're watching Steve Nash out there coach like he's Steve D'Antoni. There's no way you as a coach and a coaching staff can't go and find ways to look at old players' tapes to see maybe 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 I need a fresh set of eyes on something. Maybe we should change this up. It's okay. Niggas add new things to the coaching books all the time. That's what the goats do. That's what the greatest do. That's what the guys who win games consistently do. You think everyone didn't know what the fucking Warriors were running when they went seventy three and nine? Mm-mm. But when you add in little quick hitters and little variations of things and those elevator screens that were for Clay, now look for Steph, and then all of a sudden KD's over here, you can do that type of stuff with James Harden and Tobias Harris and multiple shooters and guys who can stretch the floor. You can do that. There's enough there. Even if me and you 
feel, eh, maybe there's not enough shoes that they need to be. You still have the talent to make it work. No adjustments tell me you're being lazy. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's, no, yeah, a thousand percent. And like, I will also, you know, preface all of this by saying that it is only the fifth game of them playing together. Like, I understand, like, it was working before. Like, I get it. I get it, Doc. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to totally overreact, but I will say it was frustrating to see that, that like throughout the game, like you haven't made adjustments. And that's, that's been the biggest gripe that everybody's had with you for your whole career is that you struggle to make in-game adjustments. And then that's also why I'm putting some of this on Sam Cassell, because I honestly thought that that's why you were here, Sam, because you could easily be a head coach, but Doc trusts you and, you know, you haven't got the opportunity yet. So I assume that he brought you underneath his, his coaching staff to aid in those situations. Same with you, Jaeger. So, like, I'm just, it was just confusing to see that whole thing go down and, like, nothing changed. Now, that's why I said I'm very curious to see what happens after this. I'm curious to see what different sets they run. I'm curious to see how they use Tyrese Maxey and how they use James Harden differently and how they use Tobias Harris differently. That's the main one to me. Because I would assume, like you said, it's only the fifth game. We're not going to super overreact because, you know, loss is a loss. But but it's not yeah. about the loss. Like, we got to make sure, like, it's never, it's not about the loss. No, it's about it's how not, they lost. Yeah, it's about how and it's about what you see moving forward. And, yes, it's a small sample size. Fifth, sixth game together, unit, you know, the whole thing. Danny Green's still not back. But – when you have two key cogs in that situation who have for right, wrong, or indifferent a scarlet letter of not showing up when it matters from a coaching level or a player level, you're going to have a little bit of concern. Now, James Harden has never really played with a, a, a guy when it was his team like Joel Embiid like yes he played with Kevin Durant but it was Kevin Durant's team you know and James Harden was still six man in a year James Harden not MVP James Harden so that's different but Doc Rivers you've been coached by some great coaches you are now a great coach yourself top 15 coach all time they tell me and, <laughs> and you know like if I was like yo would you believe me if I told you Doc Rivers and Eric Spolster is on the top 15 greatest coaches ever list. You probably say, yeah. Then I probably ask you like, well, who would you rather have on your, on your, on your, on your sideline? Doc or Spolster. See how fa- I didn't even get to, I didn't even get to say his name. I could have said Doc or Pat Riley. Oh, wait, <laughs> same organization. Okay. So now I'm seeing something. Maybe niggas just need to be accountable. Because I don't know if Doc Rivers believes that he is being accountable for what he's doing through the totality of his career. His his teams have been known to fold. We talked about your beloved, amazing roster of the Clippers and Lob City this, and they had the ability to go win a championship. I forget what episode it was, but it's on the wax. And now you're starting to see the light. It's like, eh, cracking the door open. Guess what room I'm in, nigga? 
I'm in dark room and this shit looked a little spooky in this joint. It's a lot of Folgers cups in this joint, not a lot of wins. And now I'm confused. Because you're cooking with the best coffee. You got the best coffee beans. Why is my coffee tasting nasty? Why are you folding when you're putting in too much sugar and not enough, not enough mixture of milk? Whatever y'all coffee niggas drink, the product ain't ha- the, the product ain't coming out with what you're cooking, my guy. So I'm looking at the nigga doc different these days. It's just me. He's got a lot to prove, and, I, and everybody's going to come. Oh, well, of course, Sixers fans going to turn on Doc now, you know. Couldn't turn on Harden, blah. It's just like, we are, Harden played bad, whatever, cool. But, like, this has been a thing, even the last year. Like, there was an issue with his rotations in that Hawk series. Like, that was a issue, and we were very upset about Doc for that. Now, oh. did it overshadow, was it overshadowed because that guy, Ben Simmons, blew it and couldn't dunk the ball and couldn't score at all? Yes, for sure, a thousand percent. But don't get it twisted. Like, Sixers fans are not oblivious to the fact that Doc Rivers has not been great, has not been perfect, has not been what we've needed at times. So he's got a lot to prove going down this stretch, these, these, last, these, last, uh, these last games of the season. And I can really care about wins and losses right now. I need to see progression. I need to see, you know, different wrinkles within our offense, our offensive sets. That's what I need to see, and that's what I hope to see going forward. Because if not, I'm gonna be very disappointed, and I'm gonna have a lot of motherfuckers in my mentions. So I would oh, look. People was ripping me up last night, and I had to take it. And I, you know, it comes with this shit. I get it, but I'm not taking it no more. That's it. That's all I got. I ain't got nothing else for y'all. So Doc, Harden, <clears throat> Maxi, y'all need to figure this out, man. Joel, keep doing you, bro. Rough game for you. I get it. Understandable. But the rest of y'all, Toby, get your shit right. There's no reason why DeAndre Jordan should have finished with more points than Tyrese Maxi. I'm going to throw that out there. That's unacceptable. I just like I could almost go and say, you know, like this is like obviously not a to be determined thing because it happened. But like, if Doc don't fuck those rotations up in Atlanta, James Harden probably never come to Philly. Niggas is probably like, all right, we're gonna run in the back again, again with Ben. Ben never has to pass the ball to Tyrese Maxey because the game would have been over. He would have been on the bench. But no, let's put the bench in. Shake Milton had a couple good games in regular season. Let's let him the fourth quarter against a, a playoff team. Sure, fuck it. You might as well try it out. Nerlens Noel, Tony Roden, and fucking Matt Gerald Geiger. Henderson. Fuck it, yo. <laughs> put out all those type of niggas. If that's the type of philosophy you're running with, this is not too fucking K. You don't get to just sub out your players for 30 seconds, call a timeout, and they come back in fully charged up, no Gatorade cups, ready to go. You're not playing 2K with the fatigue off. You're playing and coaching to win. The lineups should be staggered in a way that's going to always allow you to be respectable from quarter to quarter. 
So all eyes on Doc, man. Even Pac looking at that nigga, because what the fuck is going on? Literally. <laughs> like, I got faith that James Harden will play better. Yeah, so do I. And if he doesn't, then we're going to fire his ass up. Because, look, you can't be third all time and made threes and turn around and be Folgers Cups when it matters most. We ain't going to allow that. That was, I mean, he ruined his own night, too. And I feel like he didn't care. Like, he ruined his own night, you know, surpasses Courtney behind Reggie Miller. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, puts, puts up a dud like that. I hope Baby was ripping him apart at the birthday party, him and Trav. You're not getting no new music till you play better, nigga. That's what they should be saying now. I'm here. I'm here for that. Don't so, let him wear your chain. Don't go to Milan with him no more. Like all those, all those trips is suspended now. That's how I feel. I blame me. TBD. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Fuck this. One more.